I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. Today I'm joined by Ben Mills. Now, Ben is the co-founder of an innovative gym and spa business called Shelter. Shelter combines what people love to do in a gym, fitness classes and exercise, with, by the way, what they love about going to a day spa as well. That's ice baths, saunas, and a whole lot more. After working in New York and seeing how popular Aussie businesses are doing over there, Ben came back here to Sydney to get straight into launching Shelter, and it's been going really well since. It's now opened up in Double Bay, and I hear it's quite popular. I want to talk about how it all started, why he saw a gap in the market to combine a gym with a spa, and what his future plans are to get back into the American market. It's a great story to hear about Aussies going over there, picking up ideas, re-engineering them, and making them Aussie, and then re-exporting them back to America. So let's get into it. Ben Mills, welcome to The Mentor. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me. And and also the listeners, can you just excuse me, but I I got a call which I caught of my godson, and, uh, you know, that's what happens with kids running around in front of you and sneezing and coughing everywhere. Anyway, all good. Um, your business, The Shelter, I guess yes. you should tell us what it's all about. Um, I, I probably should step back a bit and, and tell you where it came from originally. Uh, so well, not so much the name. What does is, what is Shelter do now? Just tell me. Shelter is an integration of, of five concepts that I've kind of recreated that were that from the US, or four, five, soon to be five. Um it's a, a rhythm riding concept upstairs, which is like you're not your average spin class. It's spin rhythm class. Rhythm riding. Yes, a la Soul Cycle. Um, if you're familiar with no, Soul I'm not, Cycle, I'm not familiar with either. So let, give me a bit of an explanation. Spin, on that um, but you're spinning to the the rhythm or the beat of a song. So okay. it's rather than a, a BPR and RPM spin class, um, we kind of use lights and music and dark rooms to kind of ride you through a cardio cardio workout. So that's upstairs. Okay. Yeah, and De- I guess that's pop. Is that an American concept? Or something? It is. Yeah, they've. Kind Kind of rolled out about 150 of them over in, over in LA, over in LA, New York, all through the US, and right. um, it's where I used to train right. a lot um, outside of my other work in the uh, in New York. And amongst four other co- kind of concepts, I kind of wanted, was thinking why someone hadn't d- put them all together or integrated all five successful models. So tell me the five 
the five features. So one is this. One's the spin. one's the spin. Yep. Um, the second, or soon to be, is the uh, the boxing, which was it's a concept called Rumble um, or Shadow Box. So there's a whole heap of them that use a similar concept to Don't what SoulCycle do. Yeah, you Pretty take cool. take away the light, add in the lights, take yeah, away yeah. The, the sunlight. Super um, cool. Yeah, yeah. Initially, we're actually going to have four days of spin, three days of boxing upstairs in the in our spin room, but we've been full. Um, so we've now looked across the road and touch wood where uh, we're very near to closing a deal to having and the boxing across the road, spin upstairs and downstairs we've got a spa area. So as our slogans ended up being um, kind of, it feels like a spa and works like a gym. Uh, upstairs is our kind of training area. Downstairs is our um, recovery area with infrared saunas, traditional saunas and the only freshwater, freshwater commercial ice bath in the world. Only fresh water yeah. ice bath because you can have them in your in your in your home. Yeah. yeah. Um, our downside is the uh, it's got to be emptied and then refilled when, when whenever anyone else uses it. So you book it, it on What's fresh water there? You mean like from no the, chemicals? No chemicals. Oh, like from, like from a stream? Just or? no, just just from the tap. So right. every other day spa you go into anywhere in the world, you jump into an ice full bath full of chlorine. Yeah, full of chlorine. So my, I'm not a doctor, but my theory is, and I've chatted with a few of them. You get into a sauna, you're doing hot, you know, hot hot work, and all your pores open up. You jump into the ice bath and you feel yourself with chlorine. Yeah, and oh, not I only does it kind of underline or kind of undermine our brand, it's just probably not that good for you. So like just let me get right. So you got the the spin concept. What would you call it? Uh, rhythm riding. Rhythm riding. Yes. Then you've got the boxing uh, classes, which yes. is is the rumble style thing, yeah. which is out yeah. of New York. Yeah. And then you've got shelter your, box. <laughs> shelter box. And then you've got your spa, you know, cleansing health. And yes. what are the other two? Uh, features you said infrared five. saunas, traditional saunas. So yep. that's come from higher dose or a concept called higher dose in the states. Air ancient baths, cold cold baths. Um, Juice press, so we've got a full juicery outside. Yep. Smoothie bar juicery, Soul Cycle and Rumble. So they're the so, five. Okay, so it's one stop shop. It's a one stop shop, yeah. yeah. It's um, five kind of in, in, integration of five models. And are you trying to direct this at uh, females? I mean, like. Okay. I them at probably 90%, yep. 95% females, yep. and kind of where we are positioned in Double Bay and where I position the brand and the marketing um, right down to the, the color palette is probably, you know, more positioned towards um, kind of encouraging females to come well, in. If you get the females, you get the blokes anyway. So. <laughs> well, that's where the boxing comes <laughs> yeah, in. Exactly. Yeah. So, but the, the women love boxing. So they, they actually. Not not so much fighting, but they love to go into boxer cl- boxing yeah. classes. But I think that they're all... It's, it's an unintimidating boxing environment is what I'm going to try and create. Yeah, yeah. Just like we've done with the spin, you turn the lights off and people can kind of not feel like they're being watched. They're not going out to a boxing gym where you've got professional boxers fighting in a ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's intimidating me and I yeah, 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 kind yeah, of yeah. like to think I know how to throw a punch, kind of. Um, so... Um, yeah, that, that's the whole idea behind it. And I really think there is, or there's certainly an appetite for it in the US or this, you know, person. And, and your background, tell me a little bit about your I background. I grew up in Perth, in West Australia. Um, and I uh, was fairly hungry from the, from the get go. I had my first job when I was 10, picking, picking apples um, from pestering or persevering the local guy at, at the supermarket to the, work are for you. From the, uh, no, I'm from Perth. From yeah, the, you're from, from Perth, but from the bush part of Perth? Or no, I, actually, I was kind of born in Perth and my dad was a crayfisherman for the first six years of my life. He then moved to Perth and started a business called Allpest, um, became quite successful, uh, and then he exited that in 2014. They had a couple hundred staff and they were taken out by a US company. So I was always surrounded by um, someone with a relentless work ethic and an incredible willpower. Um, yeah, you know, so that was kind of probably so ingrained. So did you have any big influences on you? 
Uh, he definitely was growing up um, and certainly kind of guided me through the next business that I, I started in the States and I was work, I worked for him in, in the shipping yards in Singapore and China and uh, and Europe th- when I was at university through correspondence um, working un- under his company and he called me one day when I was up there and he said, listen, Ben, we're about to be, I think it's the right time for, you know, for our, our family in the future to, to, to be acquired and taken out. Um, turns out it was. Uh, so I moved to New York um, on a visa following my degree and within a couple of days I had by freak luck, chance, call it whatever you want to call it, met a photographer, knew nothing about photography, ended up on a set with him um, uh, and, and met his retouchers. So the top maybe 20, 30 photographers in the world travel with an editor. This gentleman um, was an incredible creative and I kind of figured that out pretty soon. We got along quite well. He had one person working for him in London, um, or a, a partner in London working for him, r- retouching images. So for those that don't really understand that, images come in from the photographer or from Nike or from the brand. They're edited in a retouching house, sent back to the client, and then they go to press or go to print. I said, Pete, we have to do something kind of here. Um, he had already kind of started to put the wheels in motion, um, so I became a partner in that company. In the in New York, in, in the, the retail, in the sort of like an editing editing suite, editing for suite in dark, big dark rooms um, all day. So uh, we set up. Um, it became fairly successful, fairly fast, and over after a couple of years, um, there was an opportunity for me to exit. So um, I did, uh, and so became the birth of the shelter concept because I've been doing these things outside of this big dark room and I wanted to work in that space. I love being around people um, and I'm certainly, I think, a people person. I'm fairly extroverted. Um, and uh, and I, I, initially the, the concept was to do it in the States, but I thought Australia actually had more brand equity. My five-year plan was to be living back in Australia. Uh, some family things kind of came up and um, and I moved back here. I wanted to brand it as Super Australian. You moved back to Sydney or Perth? I moved to Sydney, um, and it was before I found the space because I thought that people immediately identify before they, before you even have health and fitness. You like Sydney, you like beach, health, fitness, wellness. Um, also numbers. Numbers. So the, that's where my business partner comes into it. He's the mass, I'm his English. Uh, so... Yeah, so, so we found the space in Double Bay. It was actually a house back in the early 1900s. Um, Whereabouts is in Double Bay? Some Bay Street, uh, just, is it? Uh, it's on uh, Golden Lane, just behind Mateo, behind Mississippi. In the, in the oh, back, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, um, Opposite the old vine. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> so, uh, that old crabby old building that's been... Yeah, that's we've uh, redone and rebuilt, and it's okay, down two cool. stories. Um, uh, yeah, so I walked in there, and it immediately felt like shelter. <laughs> yeah. Um, that we'll get to later. And uh, and we signed the lease and spent the next kind of nine to twelve months fitting it out and going through all, stepping through all the right kind of loopholes. And, and we opened in December and things have been going pretty well. Pretty exciting. Uh, I think there's an F forty five down there too, isn't there? There is. Yeah, they're on Bay Street. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. So last week we had Toby Pierce from Sweat. Um, Kayla, his wife, wasn't able to come in because she's having a baby. But um, and it, it seems to me that there is a a preponderance globally. Mm certainly be represented here in Australia, of people who are prepared to pay to get physically fit. Now, Sweat's an online deal. Yeah, sure. It's different sure. to what you're doing. You're doing actual, you're building you're building bricks and mortar so people can actually come to it. Yeah. But nonetheless, there seems to be a, a real focus 
globally on globally on how good we look and how healthy and fit we are. Mm. Is that and that's a rising tide. Is that something you're trying to cash in on? I think so. I think I, certainly when I first moved to uh, to New York, I began to notice all of these yoga studios and boxing studios on every other block. Lo and behold, a couple of years later, I, I kind of started to see Australia catch on to a similar trend. Now in the States, I'm seeing all these wellness kind of corners and studios and cryotherapy and infrared saunas, or there was when I left the States. So my general little thinking or, or the, the punt I've taken or the risk I've taken is that we will kind of catch on to that. I like to think I've been the first person to integrate those both of those kind of things into one space or one area or one super center where it gives us the ability then that people can come there service their whole kind of holistic wellness uh, and then and then we kind of and I get it so and I, I understand it so um, I understand the the problem you are trying to provide a solution to that sure. is the problem being how do I how do you solve a solution which involves all those things that we keep reading about that are good for us, you know, because we read about read about cryotherapy, mm. you know, infrared saunas. I've never been in one. I've never been in a cryotherapy cold chamber bath. either. Um, but you know, I know how cold baths work from my sporting days. But, sure. Um, it's, it's, I guess it's the same deal. Uh, infrared. I've been in saunas, but I've never been in infrared. But that they, they they lead me to believe that um, it's much more effective. I understand the importance of uh, exercise. Sure. I also know. How boring exercise can be, and it's not for everybody, and it can be intimidating mm. for a lot of people, particularly mm. women in, in gym classes. Um, I know that how important high intensity is because high intensity is really important in terms of just preparing ourselves, as, particularly as you get older, for things like uh, dementia. Like It's well known that high intensity exercise three times a week actually helps you avoid things like dementia and all those sorts of types of diseases which are onset late in life. I get all that. So what you're doing here is saying, how do I bring all those things into one place? I think so. And how do I do it better than someone else who's going to do it next or someone else that's already done it? Yeah. How do I provide a better product? Um, and how do we position ourselves to be premium and to be luxurious? Because um, I, I saw a massive gap there. No one has built a gym that feels like... Equinox has done it quite well in the States um, on a massive level. <laughs> Uh, no one's done it kind of with boutique fitness. So, so Ben Mills, uh, I don't know how old you are, how old are you? 28. 28. So Ben Mills, a 28-year-old <laughs> who's uh, only been around for you know, only a few years, yeah. has picked up this concept and this idea. He's seen that he knows the demand for it, at least in the US. To some extent, you've got to, you're trying to tap into it, hoping the same demand exists here in Australia, um, has made a big punt. I mean, you probably mm. spent a whole lot of dough doing this because I know these fit-outs aren't cheap. No. And double bay rent wouldn't be all that cheap, um, particularly in that building you're talking about. Although it was derelict for a long time. There it wasn't was derelict, there. So yeah. you probably got yourself a good deal. We've done it right. Um, but what it requires is then you have to roll us out. Yeah, I mean, you, totally. you've got to roll it out a lot of places. Yeah. So, I, think- I mean, they're 45 are brilliant at it. They, I mean, they're everywhere all over Australia in the US. Mm. And, I mean, th- and they have a formula. Their formula is they only need maybe... Um, 150 square metres, yeah. you know, it's sort of a nice long, mm. sort of oblong st- style thing. Yeah. Um, but yours are a little bit more complex in that you need, do you need two levels or you need two sections? No, we don't need two levels. We just need a certain space. I think uh, our architect or the design team that work with us identified the fact of two levels being advantageous because we were able to separate gym from spa. Yep. 
where where we are next or you know where we find in LA or where we find in New York we'll work with what we've given it's more about a, you know a space because we need to be able to put enough bums on seats or enough people in a boxing studio to make these numbers work to justify the fit out cost and the profitability and you don't want everyone run into each other no so, you don't it's yeah. got to be comfortable yeah so um, so can I because uh, design's pretty important on this on the, sure. in, in this regard sure uh, but before I get on to all that stuff I have to ask you about the name um I was waiting for this one. Why? Why do you call it the shoulder? Because my first, which is my first thing when I looked at the brief, I saw sh- the, sh- the shelter. Mm. Um, it wasn't called just shelter; it's called the shelter. Mm. Um, you know, it has negative connotations. Not negative, but it has. I, I wouldn't call it negative, but it just has connotations different to um, what you're doing. It has connotations for me, Matthew Talbot. Um, you know, somewhere where I go if I'm down and out and I've got nowhere to sleep for the night. Um, you know, no doubt, you know, it's... Well, why well, wizard? I understand it. Why, 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 why wizard? Yeah, why wizard? Question. Well, wizard is a good question. Look, I, I should explain that. When you come up with a name like Virgin or Wizard or any of the other, other millions of names that are out there that are really successful but don't have an immediate association with the product you're selling or mm. the service you're, you're, applying, you're supplying, you've got to... Be in a position, and, and what you're trying to do there is by picking a name that doesn't immediately describe the service or end or product. What you're trying to do there is pick a name that will cut through. Now, cut through requires two things it requires shape around the name, and what I mean by shape around the name, as in wizard or virgin, is shape is in, is in size, is in uh, playfulness. Sure. For media to play with it, um, is and is in sound. So, Virgin and Wizard are two names that are same length. They have similar sounds in there. Ars and the Gin right at the end of Virgin. Wizard, they're hard, strong sounds. So that just by by use of the letters. So they both have in the shape of them is they're strong words. In this, the virgin word obviously has lots of connotations, so media can play with it. That mm. allows you to get PR, which is free. Mm. Wizard um, has lots of connotations around it. It can be a sporting wizard. It can be a financial wizard. There's a whole lot of connotations you can, mm. and which allows again journalists to play with the name. So the shape is right. So I think you've got to have a, a good shape in the name. Sure, but apart from all that. The most important thing is you've got to have plenty of money to tell everyone about it. Sure. So there's no point having a name that, that gives you, that has the shape unless you have the ability to build a notoriety around it. Mm. And notoriety means layers and layers and layers of constant building. Money for marketing. Money. And the wizard name probably had $100 million spent against the name. Sure. Um, Virgins, more. Yeah. But, you know, and I had a... Uh, a media partner who was my partner. So, you know... Mr. Packer. Kerry Packer, who owned a TV station and magazines and every other thing going on. So I came up with a name to suit that sort of structure. Mm. And then once I had this cut through and the platforms to do the cut through on and the money to put on the, the name onto the platforms, people will immediately know who I'm to- what, the, what I'm talking about. So Aussie home loans are the same. Aussie, like, no one really worked out what that meant either, but until John marketed the hell out of it 
and everybody's associated with that Aussie homelands. Aussie's a great name, great shape, short, great connotations in the shape. So I would say to you though that if the name Shelter doesn't immediately tell me what the business is, then you're going to have to raise money to promote the name on the platforms to build notoriety and then what you've got to, got to do is make sure that the shape of the name um, allows you allows media to play with it, which you probably you said earlier, shelter, cycle, shelter, shelter cycling, shelter boxing, shelter, etc. Um, it's a longish name. It's just it, it just it, it just sounds long. Shelter like wizards short, virgins short. Shelter is just a softer sounding longer name. I, so I guess the, the the one thing that I go back to is. What, what kind of environment or what did I want my brand to represent? And I want this whole place to be non not intimidating. So you go back to the root of the word shelter. It says by definition a place of refuge. Now, obviously, this isn't a homeless shelter. Um, I do want it to be somewhere where people can come and just be or if you've got a problem, come and hang out. I or... prefer the word wet refuge. <laughs> okay. I do. Um, I actually do. I think it's a shorter, <coughs> sharper, harder word. Refuge. Oh, shit. What's, what's he talking about? Yeah. Um, if you, but you've got to promote it. Yeah, I also also think it's difficult. The difficulty is like, how do you put six things in one word? So it's like, let's create a group. Let's create a word for me that I that resonates with what I want the brand to represent, um, and for my target market, who probably are ninety percent women between thirty five and forty five, or thirty and fifty. It seems to be working. <laughs> okay. Well. I mean, can I, and I think it's an important thing for audiences who are listening to us to sort of think, listen to and think about. When you did that, did you do, did you do any focus groups or testing of the name Shelter? No. Right. So my gut feeling is, and I'm not here to pull your name apart. I'm here to help you out here. Um, my gut feeling is you're going to need to support the name, the, the Shelter, with some icons and or graphics or, um, you know, trademarky type things that describe it more. So um, I think it was MLC. I'm not sure exactly who it was now, but somebody did a great job for many years with a name by having an umbrella under it, which sort of showed Grouped you that it. Yeah, they're going to they're going they're gonna look after you from whatever might yeah. for any day, yeah. effectively. Um, and they use this, these icons to support the name. I, I don't know. I don't, it's not it wasn't MLC. I can't remember who it was now, but it was one of these life insurance companies. And and I think it's the reason they did this. And I, I there's no science around this stuff. This is art, okay? Mm. Um, but there is data to support the art. And I would like to see you do something iconic to support the name the shelter because you already you already got the name you're already sort of with it and stuck with it and you and no doubt clearly you're in love with the name which is great i always think that's a mistake um i think your audience has got to be in love with the name yeah. and your audience to me is not just your users your customers and clients but it's also the media and everybody else yeah. um they've got to be in love with the name um I didn't use the name Wizard because I liked it. I used the name Wizard because I I studied very closely what Virgin did um, in terms of the name, and I tried to replicate what Virgin did in terms of the name, uh, and therefore I was interested in what consumers are in, would, would 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 think of the name. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, Yellow Brick Road, I didn't get it right there. Mm. 
it, it's not the same as Wizard. Mm. YBR has become the name. So, and because it's YBR, it's stronger. It, you know, it just looks stronger, it is stronger. And it's actually. Why Yellow Brick Road? It's complex. It's, it was, I didn't actually launch Yellow Brick Road as a, as a new business. Yellow Brick Road was launched when Wizard was around. And the objective was Yellow Brick Road was a financial advisory business. So you went down the Yellow Brick Road to end up at Wizard. That, and they both were on, they were both brands at the same time. So without one, the other Correct. doesn't work. But what happened was the general electorate decided to sell Wizard. Mm. But so the Yellow Brick, Yellow Brick the, Road. The buyer it didn't want down. to buy Yellow Brick Road. Yeah. So I ended up being, being sort of stuck with the name Yellow Brick Road, so to speak. And why not a rebrand? Uh, it was too late. Too much money had been spent. It had been going for too long. Yeah. So, but it has now been shortened to YBR. Sure. And YBR sort of works, but it's just because we've been around a long time. And uh, that takes, that, there's a risk in that, being yeah. around a long time, because you've got to survive that long time. Interesting. Capital wise. Yeah. If I had my druthers, if I was able to start again, I would never have, and I've had to know what I knew about what was going to transact. Yeah. I would never have called my lending business Yellow Brick Road. Yeah. Um, but it's turned out the way, so what? And mm. I'm, I'm now, I've now got it now, it's now, it's now well known and it's called YBR, so that's fine. But if I was starting up like you, I, would, yeah. I probably would consider another name. Or if I'm not going to consider another name, I think just my advice to you is I would be looking at a, getting somebody, someone who's really creative to assist you in um, market testing some icons around it that can support mm. the shelter to draw, lead me a little bit closer towards what you're offering, what sure. your offer is. Sure. And I'm not talking about narrative. Yeah. I'm just I'm talking about visual stuff. Yeah. To help me visualise what the, sh- the the shelter is about, or maybe you need to drop the and just call it shelter. It is called just shelter. Is it okay? Yeah. Great, because I had in my brief the shelter. No. So shelter is better than the shelter because yeah, that worries no me. The shelter. The, yeah. No. So shelter is a better word. Yeah. Um, but still, yeah. I think it would be great to see some icons. But anyway, it's 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 an entirely personal thing. But I'm big on names, especially when you're trying to launch, mm. and if you're trying to get cut through without spending a yeah. lot of dough on advertising, yeah. which is like to be frank, with the advertising dollars is the the biggest spend you're ever going to incur because you've got to get people to know who the hell you are. Mm. And once they're there, I'm sure they're going to love the, the experience. Mm. But you've got to just get them there. You know, just getting them there is hard part. And, you know, if you can spend millions of dollars on advertising really fast. And, you know, if you're trying to raise money, investors get nervous about that because they say, well, yeah, we're happy if you to spend the millions of dollars to build a name. Got it. But what happens if it doesn't convert? And, well, uh, I don't th- think there's it's going to be something that, you know, we certainly wouldn't be looking to raise money. It's a, this is a, it's a black and white business. You can't go to the market without proper figures. It's a profit profit business. So until we have that, it's it's definitely not something you need to say. And once we've got that, it's like, well, this is what shelter or this is what well, it, this is what no, it did. I don't agree with that because, like, if you look at F forty five, they're out there trying to sell the business and or bringing partners at the moment. Sure. And uh, and and because they've got a view, they want to expand expand globally. Mm. Like they're already in America, but they want to they're, get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the name F45 is genius. Yeah. It's a great name. Like, it sort of sounds like Formula One. It sounds like racy, 45 minutes, 45 whatever. Yeah. It's just a very, very good name. And and it's not even a name. It's just three, two, two, it's alphanumeric. So it's very good. Um, anyway, it's it's entirely up to you, but I would, I would, I, I think it's, and you don't need to exp- talk to someone expensive. I mean, like, it's sort of like when, when, when we had Wizard, we were worried even with Wizard. So we actually came up, we went and saw um, Jack Singleton, who's John Singleton's son, and Jack was running a, an agency in those days called um, uh, 
Jack Watts. Now he was in partnership with a guy called Colin Watts and mm. Jack Singleton and Colin Watts. They ran. They are super creative young guys. Um, didn't charge a lot of lot of us a lot of money to build on our name. And what they did is they come up with a visual um, icon. It was a a lozenge like a vitamin tablet. And they put wizard in the middle of the lozenge to sort of say that we're a solution to your mortgage problems, like, like a vitamin for mortgages, if, yeah. if you know what I mean. And uh, and that was very successful. I would never have come up with that in a million years. Uh, but these guys, and it didn't cost me much money, but they were young, good, creative guys who wanted to make a mark in the world. And as I said, they, they and they went and did all the testing for us. Like we didn't do any testing. They ran all the testing for us. And they came back and they gave us the results. And, and actually ended up being quite a good... Um, Technique to help market our name, and, I, and I'm only giving you the value of the experience that I've had. So, even the wizard name had all the right things going on, like I explained to you. But at the same time, um, I needed some sort of visual icons in there too, which mm. is what they advised me mm. to do. So, it may be worth talking to someone. I mean, I mean, you've got a long way to go, but maybe worth talking to someone. But I'm not going to let's not dwell too much on the name anyway, because I understand why you call it shelter, why you call it shelter. I get it, I get it 100, and I know that you're using it as a, a device to play with, um, you know, aspects of the, one of those, those five aspects of mm. what your business does. Yeah. I get it. <clears throat> but it's worth thinking about how do I, how do you turbocharge it? How do you beef it up? Yeah, sure. Because there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of noise out there about gym training. Yeah. They're, they're, these things are popping up everywhere. And you've got to cut through all that somehow. Otherwise, you, you, know, you want to be F45, and I don't mean the same style of business, mm. but you want to be as successful as them. And everyone's always going to mark you back to these organisations. Sure. They're going to say, well, you know, how are you better than F45 sort of thing? You know, I don't mean your customers, your clients, but ultimately you're going to want to sell this, you're going to want to bring a partner and do it or, you know, I'm not saying you will, but you want to be in a position to do that. You may just never sell this. You may never bring a partner in, which yeah. is fine, but you need to build the business up as if you're going to do it. Sure. So you need to do it as if, what it, do it the way everybody else does it. And you want to be in a position like your dad was one day to be able to exit. Because mm. I always talk about these things. You set up a business, day one, you should be thinking about your exit. It doesn't mean you've got to exit one year, 10 years, ever. You should be building a business as if you are going to exit. Because that is what I call a good business. Mm. A good business With is plan. always ready to exit. Sure. Doesn't mean you need to or you want to, but you need to have it set up that way. But I know more about the name. I, we need to go to the break. And when I come back, I want to know, you know, what's your deal? What, what, what are your aspirations? We need to have a break because, you know, ultimately people get sick of hearing me. And uh, equally, uh, we've got to talk to our sponsors but because it's a revenue model. So when I come back from the break, we're going to talk about your aspirations and where you're going to take this to because I actually quite like the concept. I, and I don't live far from where the first one has been established. I wouldn't mind kind of coming and trying the infrared at some stage because uh, I keep hearing about it. Can't get you on the bike? Not really. It's not my go. It's not my go. But uh, and and uh, but I wouldn't mind observing the boxing classes. I mean, I know I know about this rumble concept. I, I know this rumble concept. In fact, I know a, a group of guys and girls who are actually looking at copying the rumble concept here in Australia, and I know them quite well. And um, so I think that rumble concept is very powerful. That's boxing, mostly for women, to be honest with you. But it's boxing in a cool way and unintimidating. Um, and I think women will really take to it here in Australia. Um, but anyway, well, let's go to break. We'll come back and uh, let's talk about your aspirations. Cheers.
Well, every week what I try to do is bring Matt Holland in, who's the CEO of Mentor.Business, which is the part of the mentor business that helps people sell their business and helps buyers buy new businesses. So we like to highlight, profile, um, a business that we have for sale at the moment. And Matt's going to tell us again this week about whatever the business is that he wants to highlight that we have on our books for sale. Thanks, Mark. Great one this week. We've got a Sydney-based uh, construction, uh, residential focused. Um, they do rebuilds. They do new builds. Average build is about $2 million. So it's in that top end. So they're a building company. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Made up of carpenters or how's it all work? Yeah, joinery, carpentry. They do the work. So they'll, they'll work with the architects. They do, it's all custom work. So it's, it's, it's not just uh, the cookie cutter stuff. This is really, really top end stuff. Right, so I guess it'd be pretty interesting for any builder to be getting involved in um, high-end stuff. Uh, is this business a Sydney-based, but is this business affordable to most builders? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, they've got a big, big database, uh, an 18-month pipeline of work, so they're they're, they're literally full. Um, and and this owner is very flexible. They'll they'll look at uh, merging in with another entity. Uh, he's just looking to take a bit of a step back. Big profits, over a $10 million turnover in the last 12 months and before that, and it's, it's got a really good growth curve on it, full books. And um, as I said, you know, he's happy to sit back on the board. Yep. But out of interest, why do people which have good business, why do they decide to sell one day? I mean, is it because they reach an age or they've had enough or they got divorced? What, what, what are the reasons? Look, I think he's, he's such a, a good business, has been growing consistently, and he's realised that it's, you know, it's, it's not all about work. He wants to uh, take a bit of family time out. Um, and that's why he's, he's very flexible on the approach. It could be a complete sale, but equally he's happy to stay as a board or, or a partner in the business. Wow, it must have made some money if he's ready to kick back. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like a good one. So it's a Sydney building company. Sydney. Um, which part of Sydney is it located in? Yeah, so essentially they're um, around the Sydney kind of CBD area, but their focus is uh, eastern suburbs, north shore, northern beaches. Well, that's the money belt. So great. Thanks very much, Matt. Um, so if you want to sell your business or maybe you want to buy a business, come look at us and the stuff we've got on our website for sale and you go to mentored.business. And if you want to ask a question go and talk to Matt and his team. Okay, Matt, see you next week, mate. Thanks, Mark. Okay, welcome back. I'm here with Ben Mills and he is the founder, let's call him co-founder of a business called Shelter. Now, Shelter is, a sort of, to me, is an all-encompassing um, gym concept which provides health through juices, etc. saunas, special saunas, we're talking about infrared now, um, Cairo, Cairo, what do they call this Ice stuff? baths. Ice no, baths, okay. So basically... Uh, a very f- cold bath. Freezing your balls off, um, yeah. and uh, but which is actually good for you. And uh, and also spin classes, a, a different version of spin to, uh, to what we are used to here in Australia, and boxing, which is a totally different version of boxing to what we uh, ordinarily see here in Australia. And all of this is... Uh, probably uh, directed at a large percentage of the female market. It's unintimidating, it's healthy, it's good, and it's high-quality stuff. And he's got his first shop. I'm going to call it shop. First one's already set up. It's down there in Double Bay. And it's only been going, what, three? How long, mate? Yeah, a few months. Three, three months. Three December months. the 1st. And uh, he has, Ben's got an interesting background. Uh, he's coming out of America, but he's only 28, and I'd say he's invested a fair bit of hard earning in this. Not only money, but probably intellect and emotion and everything else. He's pretty into it. So, uh, you know, I wish this is the sort of people I wish these guys luck because this is the sort of people I want to see on the show. These are Australians having a crack, but they've gone overseas and they've brought back concepts they've seen over there and try to reshape them and put them into action here in Australia. You know, it takes a fair bit 
to do that. And a fair bit of courage I'm talking about now. And uh, so I want to talk him through this. We talked about the name. I gave him a bit of a few views. But really what's important for me in my game today at my age is to pay forward to Ben what I know, but more importantly is to be there to help them be successful at the end of the day because that's what I want to see. I want to see Australians being as successful as all those Americans who keep talking about how good they are. And, uh, <laughs> and Ben's one of these guys I want to see do well. Ben, I did talk to you early on about cut through because there are a lot of new concepts here in Australia. Like, uh, And a lot of Australians are doing this and going over and pulling out of America what works in America and bringing it back here. Sure. I mean, we didn't come up with a hit. You know, high-intensity stuff, that was American. Um, you know, we still have boxing gyms where I go to actually where, you know, they're grungy old joints with an old ring and uh, stinky floors. And, mm. you know, you see some girls coming to the classes, but, you know, to be frank with you, it's sort of pretty ordinary. They, they wouldn't think it was cool, wouldn't think it's great. And we haven't evolved like they do in America, and I, and I know a little bit about the hustle concept. Um your concept is about bringing freshness to gym environments too, I think it? so, yeah. yeah. I think there's certainly an, an appetite for for that and definitely the kind of demographic or the people that we're going to target or the way that we're positioning ourselves, there really is. And I think there's a definitely... A pre- I'm not my target market. No. I'm not my audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm not the brand. Yeah. Um, I've got an incredible team around me that are the brand. Well, tell me about your team because that's important. Oh, well, I, I'll take a step backwards because it was first it was like, how am I going to bring, you know, this kind of solace, this concept of rhythm writing into Australia? So the rhythm writing, for those who didn't hear in the first half, rhythm writing is a new form of spin class or it's an American adaptation. Yeah, that's it. Um, so I actually flew over to the States um, and I'd done my research on a whole heap of different instructors in LA and went to I don't know how many classes, found the person I thought that fit the brand, the kid from Malibu who was 27, um, gave him an opportunity. He came out to Australia and something in my gut didn't feel right and actually Malcolm Gladwell wrote a full, wrote a full book on it called Blink. Um, he just, I don't think, represented what I wanted the brand to be as the brand evolved um, in my own mind and kind of in, in from a design perspective and whatnot. So I met a gen- – actually, I knew a kid that I met in New York who was back in Australia who was a personal trainer. Aussie. Aussie, DJ, good-looking, um, uh, fit, and uh, I don't like to think he is. He's a PT. Um, so I sent him back to the States uh, for, a, for a month or so and made him train at SoulCycle or let, gave him the opportunity to train at SoulCycle and, and, and help fund that um, – Day, day and night to learn what they did. And um, DJ's interesting. It, well, rhythm writing. Yeah. You, you're like, it's the, the whole class, is, like, it's essential that the music is... So does he, does he set the music? Like they All, all of the instructors, and as do Soul Cycle, as do Cycle in London, they all have to curate their own playlists um, for every class prior to it. But are they actually standing there with a, a no, turntable? No, 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 no. It's already... It's already it's, it's but pre- I know they do it in their 45 sometimes. They yeah. have somebody doing with a turntable. Yeah, no, it's, it's, no, already, it's already pre-mixed. Right. Um, so, yeah, he he just was, was it. And he was... He was the face of the brand that I wanted. He was the one that I thought, you know what, this this kid's got it. Um, so, is he? He's here now in your double bass now. studio. He, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's the uh, he's the general manager and he's and, the, he's the front man and he's the head instructor and head or one of the head trainers. Um, and he's kind of helped along with someone else that's come from another studio uh, in Sydney develop this team uh, that we've that we've kind of got. And um, I, I think it's a really important part of. 
executing a, a good product like and from what I've kind of was taught by my old man is like surrounding yourself with a really brilliant team um, and a really passionate team or I like to think I'm fairly fiercely passionate about anything that I do um, so having that around you creates this like kind of beautiful environment of of work and it seems to be working so ha- ha- your co founder Chris Terminopoulos yeah okay, he's come from it. a corporate finance background we actually went to the same school in Perth so he's eight nine years older than me right um I want to get that right yeah eight or nine years older than me um uh and he's seen what's his role in the business uh so, so I've tried to right my wrongs from my previous business relationship in 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 uh in the states and that was we didn't probably set things up to grow and like from the full up from shareholder agreements to like from lit- litigation and deals with landlords and contracts. Chris has done all this from, from small scale to commercialization, large scale. He was a stockbroker, then an investment banker, and now he kind of runs his own, runs his own shop. So whilst he has a, you know, a smaller share, we're both proportionately invested in it. He's also one of my good mates and it's nice. It's fun being successful with your friends. Um, I th- okay, no, I was, I th- Chris will be certainly not only is he kind of been integral to where we are to the point, but in terms of a scalability, he's done this. So while I'm kind of might be on the ground and doing the PR and the marketing and working it and and hiring and 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 everything else More that goes operations. on, we are operations. Yep. Chris knows how to take this to the next level because he's done this in business before. Right, because I always refer to this as playing defensive. So yeah, it, in my playbook, um, it's important to um, have a partner or, ha- or yeah. if you don't have a partner, have somebody. Chris is my maths and I'm his English. Right, so that that's important because playing defensive is like making sure your business is defendable. In other words, everything, all the good stuff you're creating, someone's building a moat around it, yeah. making sure the walls are thick enough that sure. nothing can get through. Well, yeah, and we put things in place or protocols in place right down to employment agreements like and and pro, and, and policies yep. that, I yeah. put, that I didn't do in the States. Yeah, manualise. manualise so when it goes wrong, or if it goes wrong, it's okay, we've got a solution for the problem rather than like, uh-oh, what's happened? Let's try and figure this out now or it's too late. Yeah, bootstrapping your business is really important, like getting it really strict and tight and sure. uh, well-controlled. And, and if you're not the person that does it, find someone who can do it for yeah. you. And that's, as I said, that's my number two issue in my playbook, you know, that everybody should sort of go, sort of work towards making sure there's 10 things you should always get right. And number two, right up the top, number two is play defensively or have someone mm-hmm. who plays defensively for you. I'm, I'm really glad to hear you do that. And that sort of rolls us into what are your future plans? So how do you roll this out? I mean, how do you, how many do one of these across Australia, for example? Um, I, I mean, th- are you like a, I think that's something to adapt and change as we kind doesn't of. Doesn't matter. Yeah. One year, what's your goal? Like we want to open shelter box in the next kind of three to six months. Um, possibly one on the other side of uh, of the bridge, like in the Mossman, Mos- in the Mossman yeah. area. Yep. Uh, and then our kind of our goal or our three to five year plan is develop a very Australian brand. I've seen so many things in the states where Aussies have gone in as Australians and been. It's, there's a huge appetite for that kind of that Australianness in, yeah, yeah. in 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 the US. Like you go to Ruby's Cafe, the Bondi Burger, and or the Bronte Burger, and you'll notice throughout our space or when you come in that everything that we've done in our design brief to our architect was like, wherever we can be Australian, let's be Australian, whether it's the cedars or the eucalyptus trees throughout or the way it smells or like everything is like right down to our instructors um, because I think that there's 
there's a, a huge opportunity or a huge gap in that market for something like us in the States. And I, I think I, I've, whether I've mentioned it before, I, w- I would say we've got someone on the ground uh, in in LA now that's kind of starting to look. But I think before we do that, obviously, we, you know, from a capital point of view or raising, raising money, we have to actually have the figures. This isn't a, a tech play where, or this could make X amount. It's like, this is what it, this is what it makes. This is what each one makes. Now, this is what, we think it's worth or, you know, whether we extrapolate those figures or, you know, I, whatever happens in a few years' time, we need to make sure that we've actually done something properly now and we've developed that brand that, like, I'm so hard at, you know, so motivated to, to kind of do or to chase. Um, I mean, what you're saying is you want to stay faithful to the brand and all so the... We will always, 100%. Yep. Yeah, we, we will always stay, so stay... There's a famous, not a famous, but there's a well-known Aussie guy over there who used to play... I think he played rugby league for the Roosters and uh, he was in, uh, went to Scots College and in Belvoir Hill and um, played rugby union for a while too. And he's he's a personal trainer over there. Do, do you know Do you know who I'm talking about? No. He might cut that bit out there. No. Um, not Cam Davis. No, no, no. That's no, not him. He trains all the like Hollywood people and stuff like that. He's, but Is he in LA? He is in LA. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't know. He was in New York. Okay, I'll take yeah. that out. Yeah, yeah. So, um. Yeah, no, and I, I, I think, yeah, I, I, I think, and I've been told that Australian anything Australian does well in America because Americans love Australians. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably not quite the reverse, but um, <laughs> we, you know they do love Australian things when it comes to you know uh, particularly sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like Australians in television. They like Australians in the movies. They like Australians. They have an Australian love affair. Everybody wants to come in. They think that we've got this outback and we're all healthy and running thousands of kilometres a week and sort of swimming oceans and stuff like that, um, which is not the case, but it doesn't matter. That's the perception. So I think it's quite good if you can build something really iconic Australian yeah, and then with a the look with a view to transporting that to America because yeah. that's the big market. That's it. If you can crack something in America, you're going to do well. I mean, like you, and if you like recently I did a seminar and had 2,000 people there. That was a, that's quite good. Like 2,000 people turn up to something in Sydney is like a lot of people. Mm. But in America, you can put 5,000 people in there, no drama. You can yeah. fill a stadium up. Um because it's just so many people. That's it's just it. a numbers game. That's it. Um, and as a result of that, the, the business grows faster, more rapidly, and, and it's much more investable. So from from you know from the point of view of people who want to invest in the business, so I think that's good. So but but your your you did say when I asked you before, if you looked at the, yourself in twelve months' time, you would have maybe another one of these. No, in, I don't think so. I don't just th- this I, one. I, just I keep think, this I, one. I, th- I think focus on. <laughs> Getting it, getting it right, rather than losing focus, trying to do something else in twelve months' time. Let's do this properly. This will be double bay properly. Yeah, well, you've got riding. Then across the road will be boxing and downstairs. So explain and, that to me because there's different premises. So explain to me what, what across the road means. Well, when we first, when we signed this lease, there was uh, an empty restaurant uh, five meters from the it entrance of Shelton's yeah. restaurant. You've Vine, I think it was called. Uh, then it was Vine after that, but I remember it because yeah. a mate of mine who a friend of mine owned the building and he unfortunately passed away, but. Um, it's had a number of restaurants start fail. And, and they've all gone down. <laughs> yeah, there's no foot traffic in there. Yeah. Um, so we were, whilst we weren't in a position to take on the premises that we had and the one across the road, we were of the opinion that no other concept was really going to work in there, you know, whether it be a restaurant because of a whole, no- a whole number of reasons attached to that. So we took a bit of a punt and we signed ours and we built ours out uh, and... 
across the road still vacant. So that idea, because the numbers work a lot better when you add another studio in, you spend 10% of what you spent on all of Shelter to do Shelter Box and you double or you d- double revenue minimum um, because you've got 35 kind of additional kind of uh, boxing bags in there as opposed to 25 bikes upstairs um, with spending a portion because we'll stagger the classes so people can still use the same facility, the same juicery um, uh, that we've already built. So for a, a small proportion of uh, additional capital expenditure or, or CapEx, you potentially double your bottom line. So once you've, once you've got... Um your boxing piece set up, yeah, and and everybody and you know, it's working. They've got a good rhythm, and everybody's going back and forth between the two sure. premises, which is like twenty meters or something across the road. Yeah, it's not yeah. even that. Yeah. Um, it's like a little laneway. Yeah, it's, it's a laneway. Like so once you got this up and running, so you got your let's call it your prototype, but let's call it your um, showcase. Sure, it's flagship, maybe flagship. Yeah, it's it's humming. Yeah, let's say it takes eighteen months. What do you aspire to do then? What do you what what do you see the next steps, or haven't you thought out that far? And just well, want to this I, right? I guess at the moment there, there, there's a plan, and there's a three to five year plan. As I said, we you know the goal is to go back to the states because there's you know the, the proofs in the, the the population. But let's make sure we get this right. Um, let's stay true to our brand. Let's stay premium. Let's make sure that every person that comes into shelter has a shelter experience. I don't want to lose focus. I don't want our team to lose focus of Melbourne or Mosman or somewhere else, let's get this right and then let's readdress where we think we're going to go. The goal to go to the States, to go to LA, then to New York, to London, where certainly in the, the latter of those those three, it's too hot or too cold, um, generally too cold to work out outside, uh, combined with kind of where we position ourselves from a company, a brand point of view, that's, that's the goal. But I think one step at a time, mate. We've been open for so, three so, months. Okay, so my gut feeling is if you could have one, just one in the major cities around the world, one mm. in LA, mm. um, one in Miami, you know, like just one, and so as, as opposed to having 40 franchisees in one town. I think that, so. That's and pretty I, hard. I, th- and I think it also goes back to is like, what do I want to represent? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. do I want to have 150 of these? It's like, maybe I, maybe I don't. I yeah, mean, yeah. maybe I do, but but... I probably don't. I'd probably rather stay true to my own brand. Um, yeah, well, it doesn't necessarily mean that what... It's a representation of you, of the person. But I don't think it means what Rob Deutsch is doing at F45 is not the right model. It's just a different model. I mean, he's, sure. he's, a, he's a saturation business. And, yeah. you know, they just put put these things in postcodes everywhere. They're yeah. much smaller. They're much more... They're tight in what their offering is. They just do one hit class and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, what you're doing is you're offering a sort of like a life, uh, nearly a lifestyle yeah. around fitness and health. Mm. And therefore a bigger premises makes sense. But, you know, like it's a bit like, um, I know you, you're going to become the Morgan Stanley investment <laughs> banker for fitness around the world, one in New York, one in Sydney, one, you know, like... Uh, Thanks, mate. <laughs> you know, that's, well, that's, that's sort of what you're saying. You're saying I'm offering the premium deal. Yeah. And the best outcomes. Yeah. And therefore, and, and the, the sell is Aussie. Yeah. I'm selling Aussie here. I'm selling Aussie stuff. I'm selling Aussie know-how. I'm selling mm. Aussie freshness. Um, and we're a young country, so it's sort when of... When you go through a smoothie youth. menu, I think you can get a Bell's Beach or a gum nut or a eucalyptus and like the colours and the cedars and the, the native that are all uh, all thrown out. It, it says Australia. That's pretty cool. I mean, I, I quite like the concept. Um, I guess what the game you is... You don't like the name. I'll forget the name for the moment. <laughs> I'm sure as you become more probably it will change them, or you might get some icons to assist the name. But yeah. 
But I, I, I quite like the concept of building a one-stop only shop. You know, that's underselling it, but a one-stop place to go for health and fitness. But have one all around the have them all around the world in sure. different places. So like if I'm travelling to LA, mm. I know that I can go. I'm a member of the one in Sydney. And I can mm. go to the one in LA, mm. and because uh, I know exactly what I'm going to get. It's mm. the same as the, as the one I get in Sydney, or if I'm in New York, if I'm in London, if I'm in Miami, etc. Um, I think that's pretty cool, uh, and that sort of thing would make I would say make would make good money. You know, there's money to be made in health and fitness because it's all the extras. It's better like going to a restaurant. They don't make any money out of the food, mm. but they make it out of the wine. Mm. And, uh, you know, you'd be making money out of the juices. You're going to make money out of all the other stuff mm. that goes around it. Um, you know, those things have low cost, high margins, um, and and are good for people. It's just yeah. like wine's good for you when you go and have dinner. And, and that's why people <laughs> drink wine. And, th- and that's the game. Your game is to learn how to make money out of out of each one of the customers that come in there and the way you do this is you offer them a full, a full menu, a full suite of things. Sure. And then you try to make sure that those things satisfy the reason that they're in the first place. Totally. Like and I think, I think we'll adapt and change and adapt and change. Yeah, totally. You're going to evolve. You're yeah. not going to, where you are today it will not be, be nowhere. Yeah. It'll be totally different and you might not even have the name Shelter or Shelter. <laughs> um, we'll see. But I mean, I, and I could see Shelter as being the holding company that owns everything. Yeah. And then you might, and I could see a brand. Shelter box, shelter ride, the shelter The brand's work. coming out of it. Yeah, yeah, correct. So, and I wouldn't call it shelter box, I'd call it shelter boxing. Okay. Because box sort of adds to shelter. Yeah. Makes it sound more like shelter. Shelter boxing? Sure. It tells me exactly what's going on. Sure. Shelter spin or ride, whatever you want to call it, tells me what's going on. I always, you know, we run out of time with these things, I could talk for hours, but I always give everyone an opportunity to ask me one question. Um, do you have a question for me? I do, um, and I know we probably have touched on it a bit before, but you do quote in one of your books, uh, purpose is like the rock under the foundation which holds up the building. Mm. And I know you chat about resilience because I've listened to several podcasts um, throughout your, your writing and, you know, and your podcast. Tell me a bit about a mistake you've made um, and how you've learned from it. This is in a, in a, in a business light. Or one of your oh, bigger no, mistakes. I made stacks of mistakes. I make them all the time. Um, and, and not always my mistakes, but mm. just misreads on the market when the market moves, the sure. market turns. Um, and, uh, you know, probably a good example of that is um, Yellow Brick Road today is a, it has a long history, but it is a yeah. wealth business. The misread on the market, when I say wealth, we do, we're a one-stop shop. We yeah. do everything. We do mortgages, insurance, and wealth advice, yeah. help you out with the superannuation. But the way the world's moved today is accountability, um, the GFC, and the accountability that's come out of the GFC, they're always looking for someone to blame. Royal Commission, Royal Commission's about finding someone to blame. And unless you're the, you're the biggest player in the game, um, in fact, if you're the smallest player in the game, you're going to be the one the cops to blame because the small ones always get, get whacked first. And out of those those environments is wealth has become probably one of the hardest businesses to be in because it's very extraordinarily expensive to navigate your way through all the rules and regulations around being a wealth advisor. So a mistake I would made in, in hindsight at least, and therefore it's a mistake because it's something I thought was right many years ago, wealth is a very difficult business to execute on. Lending is an easy business to execute on. Mm. So, you know, and in order to execute, you've got to have scale. So my lending business has massive scale. So, you know, we lend a ridiculous amount of money every month, billion plus every month. 
and have done for a long time. So that's scale. Mm-hmm. Wealth, you have to have a certain cost to support $1 of wealth. So if I get $1 of revenue, I still have to have the same infrastructure to support it. It's a bit like you setting up a gym and you only ever get one customer. You still got to pay the setup costs and you sure. got to pay staff and all that at leasing and um, you got to have all the equipment, etc. Well, in wealth, I got to do the same thing. And unless I get scale, like you, unless you get scale, people coming into your, into your business, then all of a sudden that cost doesn't make sense. Mm. So wealth has been put into this category today where wealth advice has become unreachable for the ordinary Australian, which is where I was trying to be. Give the ordinary Australian an opportunity to get wealth advice. Mm. But I had to build this big infrastructure around it to support it. But because of the regulatory environment and the changes to the regulatory environment and the expectations of a wealth advisor, I, I am not getting the scale that I need to justify the cost. Mm. So as a result of that, I announced this last week, as a result of that, we are reviewing every part of our business, which is basically wealth and lending. And mm. how do I deliver wealth without having to carry the cost. Sure. And there are a whole lot of ways to do that. My lending business is already at scale, so I don't have an issue with that. So there's a complete pivot as a result of the mistake I made. Mm. And the mistake I made was I was not able to predict the regulatory changes to the world globally. Um, and and it doesn't matter whether I should be expected to see that or not expect to see that. The bottom line is it's my business, my decision it was my decision, therefore I'm responsible. And the name of the game is not to reflect back on your mistake, but how do you pivot? What have you done to evolve the business into something that makes sense? Mm. Because that's all shareholders care about. Mm. Mark, preserve my value and give me a return. So what I'm doing now is exactly that process. I've announced the market by the end of April. I will come out with a new strategy as to what we're doing. And I've pretty much got in my mind what I would like to do, but I have a board, I have independent directors, and I have yeah. senior executives. Yeah. So, you know, we'll go through this process and we'll build up a package and we'll deliver it to the market by the end of April and tell them what we're going to do to resolve what has become a problem. Um, that is infrastructure costs that are not met by equal and greater than in terms of revenue or scale mm. for certain parts of our business. It's a mistake and it's monumental when you look at it today, but it's sort of evolved over an eight-year period um, and nobody would have ever been able to predict the outcomes. Mm. No one, and even the banks are getting rid of their wealth businesses. All the banks are. They're, you know, they're, they're just going into banking now, just banking, getting rid of wealth. Everybody 10 years ago, five years ago, had this view they had to have wealth in their part of the, as part of their offering in financial services. So we're all now reassessing and re-strategizing our businesses and it's largely because of um, public opinion, um, you know, public interest, the sort of costs and the sort of processes you've got to go through in terms of advising your, advising your consumer. And at the end of the day, unfortunately, the result of all this is a consumer will suffer mm. because people who don't have large amounts of capital will not be able to get wealth advice. And the very thing I wanted to fix... Was that. Was that. And I'm disappointed, but at the end of the day, I can only operate within the environment that's established for me. And the environment that has been established for me by the, the regulatory environment, by all these royal commissions and all this other stuff that's going on, you know, the, the House of Public Opinion has made it such that it's virtually impossible for me to achieve the goal that I originally set out to achieve. I'll still lend money and make lots of money out of lending money, which is, was not really my objective. My objective was to give a 
like you, a full and complete outcome to my consumers and customers. But it's been regulated against such that it's too expensive to carry it on. So that's a big mistake. Um, but more importantly, it's going to be a big change in my business when I announce it in later April this year. Great. Thanks, mate. I really appreciate you coming in. Now, I, I want to make sure that someone like you with so much passion, young, so much invested in this, I want to make sure, I mean, I don't know how I make sure, but I, I really want to be sure that you come out of this with flying colours in 12, 18 months. So what I'd like you to do is just flip your note whenever you want. Thanks. Flip your note towards the end of the year and just tell me how you're going. And I might even come down and have a look snoop around or come down with a wig on and sort of come in as one of those uh, undercover bosses or something like that. Just, the ice bath. Just, just check it out, throw in the ice bath <laughs> and we will come off. Um, and lots of other things are going to be thrown in the ice bath. <laughs> so, but I really want to, I, I really wish you the best because I, I, I think it's fantastic to see young people, Australians, having a crack, taking an idea from somewhere else and re-exporting it back. Mm. That's so cool. And we should see more of it in this in this country. But unfortunately, again, entrepreneurs are not really encouraged to do that. Mm. But I, I applaud you and I wish you all the very best, mate. Cheers. Good on you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.